Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, the owner of Townsend Family Law and an experienced family law lawyer practicing in all areas of divorce law in the city of Toronto. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I'm excited to have joined me Jamie Morgan, who is a life coach and a personal relationship coach. And she's here today to chat with me about the topic, how to let go of your past and embrace your now, which I think is a great topic. So welcome to the podcast, Jamie. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Can you start by telling listeners a little bit about uh, your background? I know I mentioned, um, you know, life coach and and relationship coach, but I know you have some specific training and and background there. So if you can let listeners know a little bit about that, I think it would be helpful. Cool. I'd love to. I am Jamie Morgan. I am a Gottman trained relationship and personal growth coach. So I work with women. I work with couples. And whether it be through personal growth, the relationships, but also letting go of your past. Um, I've had the, the joy because I love working with divorced women. I've had the joy of working with divorced women to help them let go of their past and embrace this transition they're going through. And I really think it's been such a part of my own journey too. Like it wasn't intentional, but of my growth through it is, is talking to other women about their divorce experiences and help to, helping to change the narrative on divorce. Uh, Cause I've been divorced. So I'm a, I'm a relationship coach who's been divorced and remarried. And I feel so grateful to be married to my match, Justin. And uh, I just, I love connecting with women and couples sort of helping them into that next chapter of their lives. Well, that's great. And it's certainly, you know, I know the clients I work with, you know, divorce is very traumatizing. It's, I think the research shows like next to death of a spouse, it's considered life's second most stressful experience. So I think having, um, you know, services like yours available to, to people is, is so important so that they don't let, you know, the divorce doesn't destroy them and just can tr- can make them sort of stay stuck in the past. I know you, you mentioned the, the being compared to a death and it's so interesting because it almost feels like for some of us, I guess it depends on everybody's experience is a little different, but it can feel like a death of it is in a sense of your past, right? It's a real, it's an ending, but also this is the key that I love so much is it's also such a new beginning. Right. And I think that's such a key aspect of it all is being able to change our perspective as we go through it a little bit and change our intentionally change our focus on looking forward rather than staying stuck in the, in the grief. I think it's so important to go through it, but at the same time to balance that with hope. Definitely. And what do you think are the first steps towards that healing process? I think it's, you know, there's so many depending on our situations, but I really think a resounding commonality, I guess, that I see that happened for me and a lot of other women was this need to really reevaluate not only who we are, but what we want. And, and that is sort of, I guess, where the beginning starts of looking at it differently of like, what do I want? Because I mean, the reality is when we're married, 
we thought we had our whole life planned out for us. We kind of, you know, whether it's conscious or not, we think, okay, now, now this is what we do next. And then da da da. And then eventually we'll do this retire and then we die. Well, all of a sudden that ends. And, and it's a big question mark of like, what now I thought I knew my life, what my life was going to look like. And that can feel so scary, but it's when we can dig into those big questions of, okay, getting to know yourself in a way like we've never gotten to know ourselves before. Most of us, I think there's, um, it's such a huge opportunity there to really start to understand, understand yourself in a different way and, and really go deep, I guess, about really asking that question is what do I want? And if I, because we now have this choice that we may not have had before to actually make it happen. And I think that when we can shift it to that way, it can be really, really exciting. I agree. Cause I think that, you know, a lot of people, and, and this was even true of myself to some extent with my divorce is, you know, you, you get married, you, you're young. So when you're, when you're growing up and you're young, you're really influenced by your parents and pleasing your parents and doing what your parents want you to do, you know, and then often a lot of us, particularly women, you know, we go into a marriage and then it's all about pleasing the husband, doing what our husband wants us to do. And it's none of this, like finding, you know, truly who am I and, and what, do you know, and then, what do I need to feel fulfilled? And then you're in the marriage and you, you know, the next thing you know, you're on, you've got children and you're on that whole path and your whole life is about being a mother and you're wearing that mother identity and you've then even more lose track of who you really are as a person, as a woman, um, you know, and what fulfills you and all of that. And so for a lot of people, I think that the divorce is a time to reconnect with who that who we really are before all the influence of all these other things. And, you know, and it's a great, it, it's just a great opportunity to be able to do that. I totally agree. And I think that I don't know about you and your listeners can probably answer this for themselves too, but I, I can speak for me and the people that I've worked with. It's really common for a lot of us that we've never really asked, asked ourselves those questions. And it's, it was kind of easy not to because life goes fast and, and decisions get made fast. And because we, I, I kind of look back and go, wow, how did that all happen? And it's not that it was all bad. I think everything that has happened serves its purpose and it's part of our growth and part of our journeys and learning and all the stuff. But it's, you look back and go, did I ever stop and like ask myself? And I think too, as we grow and age and learn, we, we ask ourselves different questions. Like there's different things that are important to us now um, more so than they were in the past. Right. So to me now, I really am able to tune in to who I am and what lights me up and what excites me and, and equally what sucks me dry of my energy. And I pay really close attention to that because it matters to me, my time on this earth. Like I'm very, very acutely aware that we're not here forever. And I want to make this life and this relationship that I'm in now and the life for my kids, the best that it absolutely could be. And so I really want to pay attention to those things so that I'm making sure that the things that I'm choosing and the people that I'm choosing to do things with truly are my people that they light me up and that it, it adds to my life rather than takes away. So how does, you know, if somebody comes to you and they've, you know, they've just gone through a divorce and 
you know, they're lost. They don't know, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they want to do. Like, how does someone begin to truly find, you know, who they are and what lights them up and what fulfills them? Like, where do you even begin that process? There's a, there's a few ways that I've learned to work through it. And this is all like, I really do a lot of my coaching in ways that I've experienced it for myself. So I really like to share what has worked for me, not only through my training, but through experience. Right. And so the things that I, the places I start usually are to do with awareness and tuning in and whether you want to call it meditation or breath work or whatever, but I call it like tuning in. Right. So it can be two minutes out of your day. It could be an hour if you've got it, but two minutes to me is all you really need to do that regularly when you're noticing anxiety, stress, whatever, and coming back into your body. And it's within that process. And I teach sort of like a formula for this with my clients, but it's within that process that I just want you to just come back in and you, it's like any habit, right? We, the more we do it, the more we do it, the easier it gets and we start to understand it better. And, but just by tuning in, breathing, grounding yourself for two minutes, when you're noticing that heart rate go up, when you're noticing you're getting stuck in the thoughts, when you're obsessing over the resentment or the past or the grief and the sadness, which is so normal and has so much value to a point, right? I think we all have to, I don't want to diminish the grief and sadness of divorce, especially, right? I think that it, we have to feel it. We have to go through it. But then there is a certain point where we need to choose to come back into that present moment to ground ourselves and decide what we want for our future because we're just spinning in the past. And the reality is we don't have any power in our past. We can't change it. So I really like to start there because I believe that the more grounded people become, the more present in their body, the more tuned in, there is a natural process that happens within that where people start to really understand, oh, Okay. And then you really, you feel it, you know, you start to know what you want and you start to understand better what you need. That makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, with so many things like being present, um, you know, is very important. And, and, but as you said, like when you're going through like a negative experience, you don't, you, you've got to, there's no quick way, like, like you, if you suppress those feelings and suppress them and suppress them, then you're not going to heal and, and sort of come out, come out the other end. You're going to be carrying that with you in some capacity. So you still, you have to kind of go through the mud or feel the, the bad feelings, um, but then not get stuck there. So how does somebody, like, how do they know if they're, you know, just pro, you know, it's kind of sitting with the, the, the feelings and, and processing and feeling, Versus like, what, what are the signs that someone is stuck there and it's, it's, they need to find a way to, to move forward? Oh, I, I hear it so often. Just simply like, I'm stuck. I think we innately know and it comes out often in our verbiage, the way we talk, right? Often I hear that, that phrase, I just feel stuck. Or I, and this was something I said over and over and over again. And I wanted somebody to give me the magic like one that could get me unstuck and to let go. But for me, it was, I want to, I just want to let go. I just want to let go, but I didn't know how I was looking for a magic formula. And that's a big thing that I believe with letting go. Um, it was another coach that guided me to this place um, a long time ago now. 
And I carry this with me to this day that letting go is not the action. And this to me, it's when it all clicked. Letting go is not the action. It's the result of surrendering. When you can continue, and it's not a one-time thing. It just helps you to go through it in a more graceful, faster way. But it, it's, it's creating like a habitual practice of recognizing when you're spinning and staying stuck in a really negative way. I believe that there's a difference, right, between feeling your feelings, having a good cry, taking a deep breath and stepping back out into the world versus staying stuck and staying stuck, not to mention you can, you can see it in yourself where you know you've been there too long. I think we really do just genuinely know when we've been there too long, we just don't know how. It's like we, and we're asking everybody else, how do I do it? To me, if, if any of your listeners resonate with that, that right there would be a sign that it's, it's probably likely that maybe it's time for you to take action on learning the skills to help you move through it to get to get the ball rolling on moving forward and looking at raising the awareness to what you're feeling, feeling it, and then being able to surrender to what is and recognizing that the fact in all things in life is we don't have power over things that already happened. So putting our focus and our energy there on hate, like whether we hate our ex or whether there's resentment or sadness or grief or all the feelings, those are all valid, but right? But it's not serving us to continually reprocess and retell those stories over and over again. And there's got to be a certain point where you choose your story, where you decide what you want for yourself and recreate the new narrative. No, I think that's so important um, because at the end, that's, that's, as you just said, we don't have control over the past. The past is the past. So at some point we have to decide that we, what we do have control over is the future I and mean, some control I and mean, nothing is fully in our control, but, um, you know, and, and we can, we can write that chapter and, you know, is there a timeline? Like when, you know, when some, is it, or is it different for different people? Like what, you know, what is the time frame to kind of um, getting unstuck and, and actually getting, you know, into action and moving forward? I mean, I may be biased because I I went in a really fast trajectory, and it's, this is not a this is not a bragging thing at all, nothing like that. But I just my personal story was very quick how I went through it. But that I think everybody's story is personal and different. But I do believe that the sooner you choose that you want to heal that you're putting that intention out there and you begin the process. That is not to say it's going to happen overnight. I don't believe that. I believe that it's going to happen with more grace. It's going to happen in a way that you can feel proud of and that you will get to experience so much more expansion and joy in the process rather than deciding to wait and wait and wait. That's just my opinion because I, and I mean, from the time I was a, from the time I was a teenager, I put myself in therapy. Like I'm a very action oriented person, <laughs> so that's like how I work. But I just that's my belief system, and I think that that we are the only ones that can change our lives. We are the only people we can control, you know, with our thoughts, our actions, and our reactions. And for me, taking intentional action towards your dreams, whether it be healing from divorce, whether it be 
you know, finally getting that big job you've always wanted, whatever that dream is that you have, the sooner you start, the sooner you'll get there. That makes sense. Now, I work with a lot of um, victims of abuse. I I have a a lot of background and training in that. And so um, I tend to get a lot of clients who are, you know, victims of domestic violence or intimate partner um, abuse of varying forms. Um, Are there any, is there anything like about that particular kind of group of people that um, is more challenging for them in terms of, you know, letting go of the past and embracing the now? Um, or is it really just kind of this, it's still kind of the same, they still have to do the same types of things as anyone else would um, in order to, to, to move forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I want to first say I'm not an expert in abuse and, and I would definitely leave that specific therapy to the professionals in that area. And, but that being said, I honestly believe that it's the same in theory of learning how to understand that what happened to us doesn't define us accepting what is not our, that it's not our fault. Right. And then being able to come into the present moment where we have our power to choose our life as we move forward in the most powerful way we can. And is there like, if someone's sort of in the midst of the divorce and they're really upset and they're, they're really you know, emotional and being triggered by things. Is that the time to come and work with someone like you or, or should they wait until, you know, their the divorce is more finalized and they're not in the thick of things? Like what, when is the, the best time or, or is there a best time to, to, to work with someone like yourself? I mean, I've worked with women who are going through the thick of it and I've worked with women after and all sort of, I've worked with women who haven't gotten divorced yet or even mentioned it to their partners, but they know where their heart is. So I've kind of seen all ends of the spectrum from my perspective. And I truly feel that I, there is value in all the stages. I guess it's a, it's an amount of readiness within you. If you're ready and feel committed to want to dive into the transformation And to the, you have to have that willingness, right? Anytime there's any kind of yearning for a change in your life, you have to have a willingness to take action and commit to yourself. So I I would say that if you're feeling that pull, it's probably time because so often, right? I mean, we can all think of examples of where we didn't do things. It's, It's mostly fear that stops us. It's the fear of the unknown, right? And that's fair, but being, you have to sort of that fine line of like dipping your toe in the water in the direction of fear to be able to face it a little bit. And more often than not, what I've seen and experienced for myself is it's the greatest experience happens when we lean into that fear a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you mentioned breath work and meditation, but are there other tools that people can use to help, you know, manage their feelings and manage anxiety and and those types of emotions? I really believe that it's all a matter of coming back into our bodies, because I, I believe that we can heal ourselves through intention and awareness. And that's, it's sort of trying to make those connections of what am I feeling? Is this anxiety? Where is it coming from? And we don't always have those answers right away. But being able to ask ourselves even the question, having the awareness that we have an uncomfortable feeling, where is it? And what was happening right before this kind of happened and sort of starting to, 
we start to connect the dots along the way. And so combining that with your breath work and relaxation techniques and creating a really strong daily routine, right? Daily rituals that are creating new healthy habits in our mindset. Because that's that's the other part of the work that I believe is is powerful is recognizing our thoughts where we're where they are and choosing our thoughts rather than allowing them like we keep talking about to spin into that's how we create worry and stress and it's also how we create resentment and we're stuck in the past so do you, does does the breath work and meditation like are those tools that help people like they help them stop their mind from spinning it helps calm the mind i guess and then uh, then the body follows, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, meditation, breath work, tuning in, like I had said before, for as little as two minutes can have such profound effects on the body. They've done so many studies on this now. Of uh, They've done scans on people's brains before and after, right? And just the areas that light up of the relaxation centers in our brain, which when we are in a relaxed state is when the blood is flowing to our brain. Therefore, we can think straight, which is such a dream because so often, right? <laughs> we're in the fog, we're in a fog. So you can think straight. You make better choice, conscious choices. You feel better. You feel more joy in your life. And that's just in like all of the relaxation response, like how it affects our hormones. And I mean, I could go on and on about women's hormonal health and weight and sex drive. And you go on and on and on. And we do have the power within ourselves to start making that shift naturally by simply taking two minutes to tune in. And that two minutes over time starts happening throughout your day. So you look and at the end of the day, you might've done 10 minutes because every time you're feeling a little stressed, you remind yourself, you do a little two minute grounding session. And at the end of the day, you've done it a few times and and you're working up to this really uh, healthy, healthy lifestyle and realizing it's sort of like over time, you realize how much has changed by just adding in and implementing these small things. So if someone who's out there listening and they're feeling com- just completely overwhelmed right now, um, it, what would be like the two things you would want to say to that person to, to help them? Oh my gosh. I would say 100% you will be okay. I always, my, I want to give like big virtual hugs to everybody when <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been, we've, you know, it's yeah. it is such a hard time in someone's life, no matter the circumstances. It can be difficult, but that's where we can shift our mindset. So I would say to just have faith and trust that you got this, but also to just really choose to take action within yourself. And you've got that power within you. Like the only person that can change your life is you. And even though bad things may seem like they have happened, that can shift as you as you lean into it a little bit and lean into the idea that it can feel different. It can look different as we move through it. Now, one of the things that um, you talk about is action oriented coaching. So, so what is that and, and what makes that different, you know, maybe from some other type of coaching? Action oriented coaching is just, I just came up with that wording because I found, I used to do, and I still do therapy. I have huge value for therapy in my life. And 
One thing that I've always found I felt was missing in the therapy world, at least the therapists I've seen, is action. Like we, and, and there's so much value in talking about the problems and, and, and that talk therapy is, has, is great. But I always would leave going, but now what, what do I do? What do I do? Like, tell me what to do. I want to be told what to do. So when I got into coaching, I really just wanted to do things my way in a way that filled a void that I was missing. And in my, in my past therapy, and that was to give people the tools so that you've got action. So when we meet, Yes, we will talk about what's going on and we, we rehash the problems a little bit. But at the same time, my goal for you is to take you from where you are right now and guide you step by step towards your goal through action. So that after every time we meet, you're left with specific action steps and a little bit of homework kind of, you know, to do to propel you in the direction that you need to go. That makes sense. Now, do you work just um, like with women? Do you work with men? What, like, what's your typical client? My typical clients are couples and women. But most recently, I had a, had a man uh, reach out and he wanted to work on attracting love into his life. And I, I hummed and hawed and I thought, you know what? And I, I was very open with him. And so I, I have been working with him. So I, I'm proud to say that I now have my first male client as well. But primarily, I work with women and with couples. But I really believe that if you're ready to dive in and have that willingness to want to learn and grow, then, then we're most likely, you know, a match. Now, are there some common things that are, you know, when, pe- when our topic is, you know, letting go of your past and embracing your now. So are there some common obstacles that people most often face when they're trying to let go of their past that, that come up with your clients? I think it's a lot of self-worth. Honestly, I think a lot of what holds all of us back is comes down to our, our true authentic confidence. And because when we, with what comes hand in hand with confidence is courage. We have the courage to take action. When we gain some confidence, we have also the courage to work towards our dreams. What holds us back from going towards our dreams is because we don't believe we deserve them or we don't believe it's the same in relationships. Oftentimes we, we push away beautiful partners in our lives out of fear. And it's an underlying sort of belief system that many of us have that we don't deserve that kind of love. And, and so it's kind of breaking through those patterns, recognizing them and being able to really, truly feel our own authentic confidence in a way we have never felt it before and being able to understand, like we spoke of before, you know, exactly what we want and then like trusting that we deserve it. Yeah. And it's, and sometimes it seems like it's almost like a, a cart before the horse or the horse, which comes first. Like I, I know, you know, even if I look at my own experience, I, I had a, the last couple of years were personally like very stressful for me with just a lot of stuff going on. And I felt very stuck. And then over the summer months, I made some big changes. I sold my house and downsized. I left the law firm I was at and set up my own practice. And I've ta- I had a surgery correcting uh, an issue that had been causing me some health issues. And now I'm, my whole mindset is just so different and I feel so much happier and, you know, it's just lighter and more confident and all of that. But 
it's like when I was feeling so stuck, you know, the thought of making, you know, any one of these changes, it just seems so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that it was hard to, to kind of take that step. And then it's like, I just ripped the, the, the bandaid off and, you know, did everything at once. Um, but, and if you were to ask me like how I did that, I don't even know the answer to that. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if there's someone out there and they're just feeling like so, so stuck how, you know, and they say, okay, well, you know, is I'm just being a devil's advocate here. Like, you know, if they're saying is meditation, seriously, meditate, meditation is going to get me unstuck or, you know, doing some breath work is going to get me unstuck. Like, what is, what is your answer to that? I think it's one step at a time. It's, it's taking a step, like leaning into your fear, taking a step in the direction of your dreams, but it doesn't, I think we all see that oftentimes it's this massive thing we have to do, but what if, what if it just meant literally starting at one place? Cause this is kind of what I do, right? So here we are today and your viewers can't see my hands right now, but I'm, <laughs> here we are today. And then imagine down the line, you've got your big dream. Well, there's little steps in between. There's step by step by step. And that's what I help my clients do is start at step one and then step two and hold them accountable to continuing the momentum until they do reach that end goal. But it can start with something as simple as doing two minutes of deep breathing and just choosing, scheduling it in, because we all know that if it's in our schedule, just like our doctor's appointments, our dentist appointments, our kids' soccer games. If it's in the schedule, we make it happen. So I always say, even though it seems so ridiculous to schedule in two minutes of breathing, (laughs) (laughs) it can change your life when you commit to just that. And if, you know, we all can do that. We all can. We make excuses if we're not doing it. It's just an excuse. We can all schedule in two minutes to breathe. And that's step one. And what I'm telling you is by taking that first step, it builds that energy, that momentum, and you have success because that's a small step. You're going to have success. Then you're able to go, wow, okay, that felt good. And then you step into the next step and you can continue moving forward. And I always say, if someone is not sure what to do, then call me, let's, let's do the work. I can guide you through it. And that's what I love doing is, you know, I'll hold your hand as you learn the tools and take each step in the direction of whatever that dream is for you, you know, whatever your happiness and your joy looks like, you can get there as soon as you have that, like a plan and you're committed to it. It's sort of like, it's sort of as simple. It sounds simple, but I know that it's not for, for so many of us, but it's as, it's as easy as choosing yourself. So for listeners out there who would like to work with you or learn more about you, how can they connect with you? I would love for them to join my Abundant Life Facebook group. It's a free group I've got. That's where I post all of my live meditations, but I leave them on the feed so anyone can scroll through anytime. Most of them are two to five minutes long. And this is what I'm saying. It is so easy for all of us to add that into our day and it can have profound effects. So I'd love for them to join the Abundant Life Facebook group or else just DM me on Instagram at the Jamie Morgan and let's chat. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jamie. I really appreciate it. You provided uh, my listeners with some really helpful information and some tools. So thank you. Thank you. I love talking about divorce and moving forward. So I appreciate you having me. And thank you to my listeners. Please 
like, review, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help, that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have, to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.